Welcome to the KICC Malawi podcast. We pray that you'll be encouraged with the message today. The Lord is good. Amen. So the Bible, the Bible says in Ephesians, let's just stand there. Let's just stand there. Ephesians chapter 2. We'll read Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Today I'll be a bit uh, quick. Uh, um, I thank God we have already done the prayers. So... I think then we can have a good time. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It was already part of the, part of the message, for, part of the scripture for today. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. If you found it, say amen. You found it? Tell me I found it. You found it? Only a few people say they found it. Tell me you found it. You are there? Okay, if you are there and you found it, then let's read it together. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. 1, 2, 3, go. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Hallelujah. In Chishewa we can say, Inuyo, Ninumanja, Anchito, Yehovah. You are his workmanship. You are the workmanship of Christ. And uh, the Bible tells us you were created in Christ Jesus. And he didn't create you for bad works. He created you for good works. And these good works, God prepared them beforehand that you and only you should walk in them. So there are things that God has prepared long, long before you were born, before you were born again. Before you even existed on planet earth, there were things that God created and he said, these ones, only this person is going to walk in them. So there's nothing that the devil can do about it. Amen? Let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 1 to 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 1 to 12. For I considered all this in my heart, so that I could declare it all, that the righteous and the wise and their works are in the hand of God. People know neither love nor hatred by anything they see before them. All things come alike to all. One event happens to the righteous and the wicked, to the good, the clean, and the unclean, to him who sacrifices, and to him who does not sacrifice. As is the good, so is the sinner. He who takes an oath, as he who fears an oath. This is an evil in all that is done under the sun, that one thing happens to all. Truly, the hearts of the sons of men are full of evil. Madness is in their hearts while they live. And after that they go to the dead. But for him who is joined to all the living, there is hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. Is that, isn't that profound? A living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. And they have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten, And also their love, their hatred, and their envy have now perished. Nevermore will they have a share in anything done under the sun. Go eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart. For God has already accepted your works. Let your garments always be white and let your head lack no oil. Live joyfully with a wife whom you love all the days of your vain life which he has given you under the sun, all your days of vanity, for that is your portion in life and in the labor which you perform under the sun. Whatever you fi- your hand finds to do, do it with your might, for there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you're going. Verse 11, that's where I was going. I returned and so under the sun that the race 
is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to the men of understanding, nor favor to the men of skill. But time and chance happen to them all. For man also does not know his time. Like fish is taken in a cruel net, like birds caught in a snare. So the sons of men are snared in an evil time when it falls suddenly upon them. But my focus is on verse 11. So the Bible is telling us that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us that God only created those who are swift in life. The Bible does not tell us that God created only the strong in life. The Bible does not tell us that God created only the wise in life. The Bible does not tell us that he only created only men of skill or only men of understanding. He says he created them all. So we can actually conclude this morning that God created you. Hallelujah. God created you. I want to start a series today and let's see how far God is going to take us. But I want to start a series about how to leave a lasting legacy in life. How to leave a lasting legacy in life. Yesterday we met for uh, authentic manhood. And uh, we learned several things. We learned about the seasons that us as men go through in life. And there are four seasons. And one of the seasons is a season of influence. And... Uh, and then the, the very last one, the winter season, where you begin to think, is my life productive at all? Or can God still use me? And all, and all that. But that's not where I'm going. But life is very, very interesting. In the sense that when God created us, and, I, and today I just pray that I'm, I'm, I was, I'll continue speaking like this because I want to speak to you. When God created us, he, cre you, he created you to stand out in life. Hallelujah. In spite of everything you have gone through, in spite of everything that has happened in your life, you were created to stand out in life. Hallelujah. You were created for that. God created you to stand out. Now, because God created you to stand out in life, one of the things that will happen in your life, one of the deepest needs that will surely come at some point in your life is that you will have a hunger, a desire to leave a legacy behind you. A time will come in your life whereby you will want to make sure that you have made an impact that is long lasting after you die. Now, there are so many ways, several ways that people try to leave an impact on earth uh, for them to be remembered. So you find other people, they'll build a building and put their name on it. So we build a building today and we call it Macduff Building. So even children come up later on in life, they'll say, Cody, where is the meeting today? And they say, the meeting is in Macduff Building. You understand that? So you see all these houses in the long way, in Blantyre, and they're like, their names, they, they've got names. Some people will build a bridge, and they call it a name, Lighton Bridge. Alright? So when you cross Lighton Bridge, turn right. So you will be remembered. Hallelujah. For other people, it's about accomplishments. It's about achievements. It's about the degrees that they acquire in life. The businesses that they, they, they build in life and, the, and, and all these other things. The others would want to be remembered that they had nine PhDs. You understand? We have got a, I've got a friend, this gentleman, he studied medicine, qualified as a medical doctor. Then after that, he went to study law. So he is a, a medical doctor lawyer or lawyer medical doctor. You understand what I'm saying? So, so they, 
There are all these things that we do. Okay? He had 50 cows. He had nine farms. He had all these other things that you see on planet Earth. But there's one thing about them. The funny thing is that all these things, they fade away. They leave a legacy, but it's a very temporal legacy. If you really want to leave a lasting legacy on planet Earth, and you want to make an eternal, eternal impact, the greatest thing you could ever do in your life, and I don't want you to forget this, is to bring somebody else into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Somebody who one day when we get to heaven will tell you, I am here in heaven because of you. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says, one day heaven and, heaven and earth will pass away and all these things, they will pass away. And, and life amazes me. Life, life has got a way of amazing me. There are people who thought, do you know who I am? And they, and they are gone. They are completely gone. I, I always encourage you to work very hard. Alright? Sometimes I tell you that, okay, plan your life as if Jesus is not coming and then live your life as if he's coming tomorrow. Hallelujah. You plan it as if he's not coming. Because the Bible says a righteous man lives an inheritance for his children's children. But I can also tell you that the greatest inheritance you will leave for your children is to lead them to Christ. So the greatest impact you ever leave on planet earth is to bring somebody into the kingdom of God. There has to be somebody who will say one day, I am here in heaven because of you and I want to thank you very, very much. That's how and that's the greatest thing you can do for anybody. To secure their eternal salvation. Hallelujah. There is no greater legacy in life than bring somebody into the full kingdom of God. So, I'll ask you a question. Will anybody be in heaven because of you? Have you led anybody to Jesus? Hallelujah. Because what happens is, you really don't need a, a, a special trip for you to do what I'm saying this morning. The, listen to what Jesus says in, in Mark chapter 16 verse 15, God's word translation. He says, then Jesus said to them, so wherever you go in the world, tell everyone the good news. Where is, where, where, where is wherever in the world? Wherever. Do you go somewhere every day? Pastor Sunga? And Naomi, do you go somewhere every day? Lighton, do you go somewhere every day? Hallelujah. You wake up in the morning and then you say, I'm going. And people say, I'm going somewhere. All right. We sometimes, you know the way we say it, I'm going somewhere to meet someone, to discuss something. You, you know the way we say it? I'm going. You just know Palinghan. Hallelujah. So the Bible says, anywhere you go, tell someone the good news. And in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says, same uh, God's word translation says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes to you. Then you will be my witnesses, not my, not my lawyers. Have you seen that one? He says, my witnesses to testify about me in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So the way God called us, he called us to be witnesses and not lawyers for Jesus. One thing I don't waste my time on is to try to defend God. I don't. And actually, God has not called us to defend him. If he wants to defend himself, he would defend himself. All what he's saying is, you tell people, a witness, a witness all the time, tells their story. So, if, they, if you have to come and witness about something and say, we are calling witnesses. A witness will come and say, 
this is what I saw. This is what I heard. This is what happened to me. Now, I believe God has done something in your life. Hallelujah. I believe that. If you tell me God hasn't done anything in your life, I need to pray for you today. Because I always tell people something else very, very profound. Whilst some things haven't gone the way you expected in life, there are some things that have gone the way you expected in life. It, you can't tell us that it's only bad things that have happened in your life. I know good things have happened in your life. Hallelujah. So a witness only tells their story. And there is no one who can tell your story better than yourself. This is what happened to me. And, and I, I, you know what? The challenge we have is that sometimes we want to create an impression to people that if there is an evil person, I did evil. Evil of evil. No, you don't need that. You just need to tell people your story. Because there are others who are exactly like you, as we are going to see this morning. In Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, it says, when Jesus came near, he spoke to them, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So, wherever you go, make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to do everything I have commanded you, and remember that I am always with you until the end of time. So you actually have got the mandate from Christ. You've got the mandate from Christ. He says, this is it. I have authority and this authority I'm giving to you. This sometimes is how I, I try to demonstrate it. So I say, Sister Joanna, can you come? And then Sister Joanna comes. And I say, I want you to go meet Martin and tell him that pastor says you should do this. The moment Sister Joanna goes to Brother Martin and he says, uh, Brother Martin, yes, pastor says you should do this. Who does Sister Joanna see at that time? He sees, she sees uh, uh, Brother Martin sees actually pastor. He actually sees pastor talking to him that Martin, I am saying you should do this. But who is he standing before Manco Martin? Joanna. So God says, I've given you the mandate. I want you to go into the whole world and tell people, make them disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So actually, if you read this scripture, you can actually understand that if you lead somebody to Christ, you can baptize them. And baptism is very simple. I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Can you struggle with that? So why do you think you can struggle? That one you did no ointing, no anointing, no ointing. You don't need it. You just need to say, look here. This is my story. This is what God has done in my life. And they come to Christ and you tell them, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So these were the last words of Jesus authorizing us to bring people into the family of God. Now, when you look at those last words, it's amazing that they resonate with the very first words of Jesus that he said to ordinary, normal, ordinary people. And, this, and for you to understand that they, they, the people he was talking to were normal, ordinary people, turn to Acts chapter 4, verse 13. This is what the Bible says. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. So you don't need to be educated to bring people to, to, into God's family. You don't need even to be trained to bring people into God's family. All you need is your story. Hallelujah. So to these uneducated and untrained men, Jesus says to them in Matthew chapter 4 verse 19, 
in the contemporary English version, it says, Jesus said to them, come with me, I will teach you how to bring in people instead of fish. I will teach you how to bring in people instead of what? Fish. So one of the things, actually you need to have a teachable spirit. You need to have a teachable spirit to be taught how to bring in people. Who wants to be taught in this church? Don't just raise up your hand anyhow. If you, know, if you don't want to be taught, don't raise up your hand. And you are not sinning against heaven. But who wants to be taught to bring in people? Let's meet after the service. I'll tell you one simple thing that you can do. You, it's not complicated. Hallelujah. Did I say you should go and preach? Uh-uh. I said what? Bring. Do you know what bring is? Do you know what bring is? Okay. Lighten, can you bring me an envelope? Are you preaching to the envelope? No. What have you done? You just brought it to me. Hallelujah. Amen. Pastor, can you bring me a pen? Were you preaching to this pen and said, Jesus says, go to Pastor McDuff? No, 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 no. You just brought it. Hallelujah. You can have it back so that you can write notes. Amen. So God says, bring. Do you know anybody in life who you think needs to go to church on a Sunday? So why don't you bring them? Amazon. Or you don't want to bring. The Bible says bring. Amen. In NIV says, come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Amen. So my question this morning to you is, will anyone be in heaven because of you? Will anyone bring it's very interesting. Because this bringing issue, it's an issue of, when he was bringing the envelope to me, I asked him, did he preach to this envelope? He said, no. So there are actually some people that you don't even need to preach to them. You just say, come. I want you to come with me to church next week. That's all. And then, leave it to me. And then I'll say, you know what? You are a very good person. God created you in his image. Don't believe the lies of what people have said. You are bad. You are good. Because it's in the Bible. It says that God created all men good. Some things may not have gone the way you thought. But you know what? There is hope. You want this Jesus. I don't. If they say, no, I don't want you still brought. Because the challenge we have is that we think that Anybody we tell them about Jesus, they have to be born again. Other people refuse. Because it's a choice. Hallelujah. So, you should ask yourself, will anyone be in heaven because of me? And there are other people who refuse today. Tomorrow, you'll be shocked what will happen. We were in college some years ago. And there were people who were naughty. Out of their mouth, the only song they could sing was obscene, obscenity. They would begin to sing songs of obscenity from their hostel to the cafeteria to the classroom, back, obscene, obscene, obscene. Today you meet them and they say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Because, you know, anything you plant, it grows. They may refuse it today, but I want to assure you, as you will see today, people want God. Hallelujah. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, it says, Therefore, we are Christ's representatives, and through us God is calling you, we beg you on behalf of Christ to become reunited with God. You become reconciled with God. That's a God's word translation. Says we are begging you. So you tell somebody, say, my dear brother, my dear sister, I'm begging you, be reunited with God. This contemporary English version says, we were sent to speak for Christ. So when we go, we don't go to speak for ourselves. We go to speak for who? For Christ. And he says, and God is begging you to listen to our message. 
we speak for Christ and sincerely ask you to make peace with God. Become reunited with God. Make peace with God. Hallelujah. New Living Translation puts it in this way. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Hallelujah. So become reunited with God. Make peace with God. Come back to God. You just tell them, you know what? Come back to God. Make peace with God. They are very, yeah, I know there are some people, but truth of the matter be told, almost every human being wants to have peace. And there's no greater peace we can have in life than the peace we get from God. Hallelujah. So, you, the way you are today, you are a representative of a higher power. Sometimes I actually say you are the representation of Christ. Everywhere you go, you represent Christ. That's why sometimes when you do some things, people ask us, I thought you said you pray. In Chichawa they say, have people ever asked you that question before? Hallelujah. You were angry, you lost them. Because, yeah, thank God, the Bible gives us an opportunity to be angry. It says, but in your anger, don't let the sun go down. So don't be waiting and say, it's four o'clock. Don't say that. Hallelujah. Don't say it's four o'clock. It's the sun about to set. Then when it's about to set, it says, uh-huh, now I forgive. Uh-huh. That's not what the Bible says. But we all become angry. I do. I think you don't. But I do. Hallelujah. I become angry. I become disappointed in life. There are moments I become discouraged. Hallelujah. But the Bible says, even in my discouragement, even in my anger, even in my disappointments, I am still a representative of Christ. And there is no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8 verse 1. So everywhere you go, you represent him. So now, you are either a good ambassador or a bad ambassador. If you are not bringing people to God, not to Pastor McDuff, to God, you are a bad ambassador. If you are bringing people to God, according to this word, you are a good ambassador. It's either you are effective or not what? Effective. So I'll tell you today your job in God's family. There's just one simple job for you in God's family. To bring others to join us in the family of God. And that doesn't require a special personality. So it means those who don't talk, there are also other people who don't what? Talk. So whether they will speak in signs, it's fine. But whatever sign they have is, even if they just say, that's fine. If you are the non-talking type, hallelujah, if they are the loud ones like me, we now allowed, we'll go and bring. Hallelujah. And you, you actually, you don't even need to learn some marketing skills. I think the problem we have in the body of Christ today is that we have tried to bring too much marketing in this message. So, in the process of time, we have lost the essence. You don't need to be a salesperson you don't even need to persuade people. You ask me and say, I possibly say, Pastor, are you sure? And I yes, I'm sure. Why? I've got five things I want to tell you today. Amen? Number one thing about human beings on earth. Every person on planet earth has the same inner desires that you have. That you do. Hallelujah. Born again or not born again? Amen. We all have the same desires. Because God created us all and he put those desires in us. I will show you some of the desires. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6 verse 31. It says, therefore, do not worry. That means almost every human being on planet earth gets worried. 
Have you ever been worried before? Do you know that those who are born again get worried? And those who, don't get, who are not born again also don't get worried? So the Bible says these are some of the things we worry about. Number one, things that we worry about. What shall we eat? So, born again or not born again, we worry. What shall we eat? When there is no food in the house, we ask ourselves that question. Number two, what shall we drink? Number three, what shall we wear? If you have never been asked, wait until you get married. For those of you that are married. I can assure you one question your wife will ask you one day is, what should I wear? Now, if you're not a good man, you say clothes. You're going to be asked that question. In the Valencian. And, and you're more or less like, who's in the Fuzet? You're a bad man. And it's so funny. They already know what they want to wear. And then you say, I was thinking that you should wear this. Ah, oh, no, this one, I, uh, this one, no. I want this. <laughs> then why are you asking me? Why were you asking me now? You already knew what you wanted to wear. And you're asking me, what should I wear? And then I say, wear this. And then you say, no, I want this. Oh, no. And then you say, oh, God, we thank you for life. Amen. But that's what makes life beautiful. Amen. So, oh, sisters, we love you. Amen. And Naomi, we love you. I know you've asked this question many times. Yeah. Yeah. And please ask again. And tell me what he says, okay? But, but you know, these are things, all of us, all of us. And actually, sometimes they say, in a little bit so far. They will tell you that. In a little bit so far. Una mora, we will not open the sofa. Have you ever seen anyone without clothes? Amen. So it says, for all these things, verse 32, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. God knows that we need food, we need clothes, we need something to drink. And then in verse 33 it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11, New Living Translation says, Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. Whether you like it or not, there is a certain point in somebody's life that they begin to discover they were not made to live on this planet forever. But he says, but even so, People cannot see the whole scope of God's work from the beginning to end. So the Bible is telling us that God has planted eternity in the human heart. In the God's word translation, it says, It is beautiful how God has done everything at the right time. He has put a sense of eternity in people's minds. So every human being you see on planet earth, there is a sense of humanity in their mind. It says, yet mortals can't grasp what God is doing from the beginning to the end. Do you have dreams? Why don't you have dreams? Those people who are also not born again have dreams too. Amen? And one of the dreams we have, and this is a question I've asked myself. I actually tell myself, you know what? There is more to life than what I'm experiencing right now. And I can tell you the same. There's more to life than what is experiencing. Even though you may say life right now is good, there's a better life. Amen? There is so much more to life than getting out of bed in the morning, go take a shower, go to work, go to school, come home, sleep, and repeat the same cycle. There's more to life. You cannot just be waking up in the morning, go take a shower, have breakfast, go to work, go to school, come back, take a shower, eat, sleep. Uh-uh. God says, breathe. Hallelujah. 
every human being you see on planet earth was made for so much more in life than what we have experienced. Every human being you see on planet earth, there is a point that they know something is missing in their life. And what we do when we discover something is missing in our lives, we try to fill the hole. Because you can feel it. That there is a gap. There is a hole in my life. We try to fill it with so many things. Some of the things we try to fill it with, sex, status, salary, money, passions, position, possession, looking good. There are people who spend the time to look good. I remember there was a time when I, when I, when I was in Ghana. There was this lady. She really wanted to look like Oprah. I'm telling you. And you could actually think Oprah has come to church a lot. She wanted to look like Oprah. She did everything. I don't know whether she went to do plastic surgery or what. I, I'm not sure. So I, 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 I shouldn't say things that I don't know. But when you look at her hairstyle, her face, everything, she wanted to look like Oprah. So we feel, we, we take time to do things to make us look good, feel good, having goods. So you live alone in a house, but you have seven cars. Amen. Today you drive the Bentley. Tomorrow you drive the McBain. The other day you drive the Cadillac. The other day you drive the other one. The other day you drive a whatever. Jaguar. You have 59 handbags. Actually, Emelda Marcos, Emelda Marcos, Emelda Marcos is the wife of the president of the Philippines. Guess how much shoes she had? She had over 2,000 pairs of shoes. There was a whole full of shoes. So if she wears a shoe today, how many more years have to pass before she wears it again? Now, I'm not saying these things are bad. But what I'm saying is, if you are doing them to fill a hole in your life that only God can fill, you are wasting your time. Because there is this vacuum in our lives. This vacuum in our lives. Only God can fill. You have people who have everything on the outside, but there's nothing inside. You get the point? You say life is good. But even the good life is not good enough. It will leave you unsatisfied. Hallelujah. It will not satisfy the hunger for meaning and significance in life. Every human being wants to live a life of meaning. Amen. So, that hunger, that life, can only, that gap, that hole can only be filled, satisfied by what the Bible calls the better life. So, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 to 15, the message version of the Bible. Since our firm decision is to work from this focused center. So, the focused center is that one man died for everyone. How many men did Jesus die for? Everyone. Hallelujah. One man died for everyone. That puts everyone in the same boat. Because one man died for everyone, then every man now is in what? Same boat. He included everyone in his death so that everyone could also be included in his life. A resurrection life. A far better life than people ever lived on their own. So when we become united with God, when we make peace with God, when we come back to God, God gives us a far better life than men ever lived on their own. Hallelujah. In John 10.10, 10, the message says, A thief is only there to steal, kill, and destroy. I came so that so they can have a real, they can have real and eternal life more 
a better life than they ever dreamed of. And this more and better life than we ever dreamed of is only found in Jesus. Hallelujah. And the question is, don't you think people out there are looking for a more and far better life than they are living? If you check literally, that's what people are looking for. Amen? A better life than they ever dreamed of. All every human being on planet Earth longs for security. We want security. Religious or not religious. You can't tell me that it's only people who are not religious who have mercy. You are also on mercy. And actually, when they employed you, you said, okay, so I would like to know the terms and conditions. And at the back of your mind is, do you pay school fees for kids? Because the way you are about school fees, they also want for school fees. And then you said, okay, are we on Mazen? Is it basic? Is it executive? Is it VIP? In the event that I've broken my leg, would you take me to India? The same thing happens also with the people who are not born again. Hallelujah. A far better life. A far better life. Rich or not rich. Far better life. Every human being wants to have a sense of self-worth. If people begin to treat you like a doormat, you walk away. Every human being wants that. There is no human being you meet on planet Earth who doesn't want to be respected. Everybody wants to have significance. And, and there is something very funny. Even though sometimes we want to pretend that we don't need it. But there's one thing that all of us desire. Is we have a sense and a desire to belong to the family. Even those of you who care as if, ah, me, I don't care about that church. Eh, me, me, I just, eh. No, inside of your heart, you want to belong here. Don't lie to me. I know. I know. That's why you keep on coming back. And it's so funny. You go around, 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 and you go like that. But I think in my heart of hearts, I still belong there. Then we see you after 19 years. You belong here. We have a sense of belonging. Haven't you asked yourself a question? Why do I drive past all these churches and land in that place where they haven't even finished the face? Do you know there are beautiful churches more than this? Do you know that? So what draws you here? Because we belong to you. You belong to us. You can push us. Ah, we'll force ourselves on you now. Amen. We have this sense of wanting to be connected. We all desire to see that we are growing in life. We are developing in life. We are becoming more than we used to be. Amen. We all have a hunger for meaning in life. We have that hunger. We have a hunger for purpose in life. We have a hunger for direction in life. And I want to tell you today, only our creator can provide these things. Only God can give you a purpose. Only God can give you a meaning. Only God can give you direction in life. And, that, and that's what we are offering. So tomorrow, if you meet someone and say, I want to, you to come with me next week to church. And when you come with me next week to church, I can assure you three things that will be guaranteed. Number one, you'll be encouraged that your life has a meaning. You'll begin to understand that your life has a purpose. And you'll be guided for direction in life. Because there are so many people who need direction in life. So many. And that's what we are offering. Hallelujah. That's what everybody is looking for. So I've already started telling you. If somebody says, I need my life, you say, just come with me to church. Now, this is what you have to do when they come to church. Don't go and begin to talk with Uncle Martin. When you arrive there, pretend you haven't seen Uncle Martin on that day. Just say, hi, Uncle Martin, see you, see you. I'm going inside church. And you tell them, follow me. Then you sit, you tell them, sit here. And then you sit next to them. Don't go and sit somewhere. Do you know it's scary to come to church? That's why these days you have seen the way I do it. 
Sometimes I say, okay, for all of those of you who came here for the first time, please, at the end of the service, come in front. Because I have seen it's so threatening to say, all of you who have come for the first time, stand up. Stand where? Me, I will stand. You know, it's scary. It's always scary to meet people you meet for the first time in life. So you make a mistake, you bring somebody to church, and then you tell them, where are you going to find him? Sit with them. Tell them, are you enjoying this? You are going to see on the screen there will be music. Show them that. Make them feel welcome. Hallelujah. Make them feel welcome to church. Amen. And then afterwards, I say, let me introduce you. This one is God, Pastor Sunga. This one is Auntie Naomi. This one is Joanna. This one is Uncle Levi. He can give you a job. He owns two companies. I'm, I'm so proud of Uncle Levi. Uncle Levi listens to what I say. Yeah, now has two companies. And uh, Brother KG actually prophesied that he's going to be the next Aliko Dangote. Amen. So, you bring somebody to church, you don't leave them alone. Are we together? Have you heard the instructions? Because otherwise, the person will not come back. Any, anytime, anywhere you go in life, the first thing you ask yourself is, are these people judging me or not? Hallelujah. Are we, hallelujah. Are we together? Number two. Every human being have the same questions that you have. Believer or not, not believer. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11, the contemporary English version says, God makes everything happen at the right time. Yet none of us can ever fully understand all he has done. And he puts questions in our minds about the past and the future. Do you have questions about the past? What is one of the questions you have about the past? I talk to me now. Today I'm nice. Do you have any questions about the past? Okay, like what? Huh? Well, I now that's about the future. In the past, I want, I want about the past. Anybody about Chris questioning about the past? Why did I do that? It's okay. It happened. It happened. That's why it's called history. You were just making history so that you can become wise. So that you meet someone else, you tell them, I did this one time. It didn't end well. Don't do it. Especially these young men who are still adolescents. Who think they have got everything figured out. No, you haven't. Tell me you haven't. Tell me, I am 15 years old. How old are you? I've seen you. Your age, we can do times two. And I will still have a balance. Ah, I have seen more. I have made mistakes in my life that I don't want you to make. So when I say, Tell me, don't do this, you tell me, Hey, Pastor, you don't like me. Hey, no, I like you. The ones who are saying, Do this, they are the ones who don't like me. I do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Any other question about the past? Why did you have that? You have no, you, you know what? You absolutely have no control, even over your own life. Let me ask you, what is going to happen in your life at 12 o'clock? Your life is in God's hands. Why, why you behave as if, hey, me, I'm in control of my life. Hey, <laughs> you joke now, you joke. You're not. So anything that happens, Please, stop trying to sort out your past. When we come to God, God forgives us and he says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. There are people you think they are polished. You have no clue they are struggling with some health issues in their life. The more you get to know people, the more you just want to be yourself. Hallelujah. 
so you can't change your what? Your past. It happened. And actually life is very interesting. You will not re- be remembered about your past. You'll be remembered about how you finish life. That's how you'll be remembered. Any question about the future? Any question about the future? Will I get there? Auntie Naomi said that. Anyone else? What, what will I be doing? When we get to heaven, what will I be doing? Are we going to be eating there? Are we going to drink? We, and, and actually one of the questions people ask is, when I get to heaven, will I know light on? You know that? Will I know light on? Actually, I remember my daughter asking me one time, this is so dark. I said, ah, you will. You will. Ah, because the question I have is, are we going to know Jesus? Ah, then you'll know Jesus. Because he says, when he comes, my body will be changed. I'll be like him. You will be like him. Ah, then I'll know you. Hallelujah. And so don't worry. If, if, if we don't know, we'll know when we get there. So let's get there now. And then we'll sort it out. I remember when we first started KICC, uh, one time somebody asked me, he says, Pastor, but actually, the knowledge is good. He said, you think you have knowledge? He says, the songs are good. I said, praise God. He said, but we have two few. What will happen when I die? What will happen at my funeral? We have very few. I said, we'll die first, and then we'll figure it out. <laughs> Why are you worried about what will happen when you die? If we'll be embarrassed, it will be us. There's a, this church of just five people. They are busy singing, hey, shouting, making noise. It has a funeral look like this. You are already dead. You are going to God. Why are you worried about how your funeral will be like? Die, die, then we'll sort it out. <laughs> Hallelujah. Those questions, born again or not born again, they have them. Hallelujah. And those questions, do you know who gave them those questions to you? God. The Bible says God. God. God gave you to say, hey, so what will happen at my funeral? God. Who am I? God. Where did I come from? God. Hallelujah. Where am I going? God gave you that question. Does my life have any any meaning or any purpose? God gave you. What happens after I die? God gave you. Actually, people say, so when I when I die, do I just go or I wait somewhere? Hey, you go there. Die, you will see. You tell us when we arrive. He said, when I continued, I arrived. And we say, we also arrived. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ah, why do we waste time with these things now? Amen. What is my significance in life? What is the meaning of everything that happens to me? These questions will make you have headache. You can figure out the meaning of everything that happens to you. All we know is that because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Life has a meaning because he lives. Full stop. Hallelujah. Questions like, who am I not? What do I really want out of life? How am I different from my parents? What do I really believe? Around what person should I build my life or organize my life? Around what conviction should I build my life? Can my mistakes be redeemed? Ah, they can now. They can. You think God we serve says, hey, you did this yesterday. I am God. And therefore your mistakes are not be redeemed. Uh, 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 uh. He restores the years that the canker when has eaten, chewing locusts has eaten, crawling locusts has eaten, flying locusts has eaten, consuming locusts has eaten. God restores. And he says that my people will not be put to shame. Hallelujah. So these questions are not small questions. These are very big questions. But they're the questions that every human being asks. And they are, they are, these are the fundamental questions of life around. These fundamental questions, the answers to them are only found in Jesus Christ and his word. Let me finish. I'll continue next week. Let me just do one more. Number three. Almost everyone and most people on planet earth don't really know what they believe. And most of the time people contradict themselves. 
Do you know there are people who say, I am a Christian? Okay. Right. Are you a Christian? You are a Christian? What do you believe? What does the Christian believe? Believe. You see, he says Jesus. What, what about Jesus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell him, tell me what. He's pushing me now. He says, <laughs> says even you, even though you are preaching, you believe also. What do I believe, Lydon? I believe, believe that. Okay. All right. Have you finished? For now. <laughs> you are laughing, but if I ask you, and, and if I ask you, you say, okay, tell me, you say you are a Christian. What does the Christian belief system believe? Very few people explain it. Let me give you one answer. Let's go to First Corinthians chapter 15. Are you enjoying church today? Today I'm nice, eh? Yeah, today I'm nice. I want you to know what you believe. And then I, we will close the service. It's already conversed. Okay, so First Corinthians chapter 15. And uh, in verse... One, he says, the reason Christ faiths reality. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand, by which also you are served, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. All right? So now we are going to know what we believe. He says, when we believe this, we were saved by that. Unless we believe in vain. So, number one. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. We believe that. Hallelujah. We believe that. We believe that Christ died for our sins according to what? To scriptures. Number two, we believe that he was buried according to what? Scriptures. We believe that when he died, they buried him. We believe it according to scriptures. We also believe that he rose again on the third day according to what? Scriptures. So we believe he's no longer dead, he's alive. Hallelujah. And then we believe that when he arrived, when he arose, he was seen by Cephas and then 12. And after that, we believe that he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained poor when Jesus writing to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, we believe that he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. And the last of all, we believe that Paul also saw him as one born out of due time. And then he says, for I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But the grace of God, I, by the grace of God, I am what I am. We believe that. We believe that we are what we are by the grace of God. We believe that we are served by grace, not by works. We believe that. Hallelujah. And he says, this grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was in me. Therefore, whether I was, whether, whether it was I or they, so we preach and so you believed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you can actually see, and we believe that when we believe this in our heart and we confess with our mouth, then we are saved. So all, all, what we believe is that Christ died for our sins according to scriptures. He was buried according to scriptures. He rose again on the third day, according to scriptures. Today he is alive, according to scriptures. And this Jesus is saying, come be with me, according to scriptures. We believe that, when we believe that, and we confess with our mouth, we are saved. That's what we believe. 
Know that you also, you believe. What do I believe? Hallelujah. So what do you notice is that this same confusion we have in the body of Christ. A lot of people who say they are atheists, they don't know what they believe. Because when they are bent on fire, they say, hey, my God. I thought you said there's no God. Hallelujah. Even I, I, have, I have Muslim friends. And I begin to talk to them and tell me, what do you, do you guys really believe? I can tell you, I know more about Islam than they do. Hallelujah. Even, even some of the guys who are Buddhists, some of the guys who are Hindus, I can assure you, just begin to talk with them, you'll find that most of them have no clue what their belief system believes. So, for instance, have you heard people say, we all believe in the same God? Do you know we don't? We don't. Because that is confusion. That's a sign of confusion. When people say, hey, after all, we serve the same God. After all, we believe in the same God. No, we don't. The God we believe in is that Christ died according to scriptures. He was buried according to scriptures. On the third day, he rose again according to scriptures. And then he went to heaven to prepare a place for us according to scriptures. And he says, those who tend to him, they'll be saved. He, gave, he gives them the right to be called the children of God. According to what? To scriptures. So, we don't believe the same God. We don't. Hallelujah. If you think that we do, then actually, you don't know what you believe. People shouldn't scare you with all these things. Hey, I am this, I am this. You know, most of people don't know what they believe, man. Because I have seen people who claim to believe in a certain way, but watch their life. They live contrary, opposite to what they say they believe. Most people are very inconsistent in life. So, let me finish with the scriptures. 1 Corinthians 14, 33 says, New Century Version, God is not a God of confusion, but a God of peace. New King James Version says, For God is not the offer of confusion, but of peace. New Living Translation, John 8:32, And you know the truth, and the truth will set you free, free from confusion, free from contradiction. The challenge we have, and this is where I close, the challenge we have is that almost every, a lot of people in life, the way we make our decisions, we make our decisions and choices based on emotions. Then after we have made the decision based on emotions, then we want to go and look for intellectual reasons now to back up our emotional decision. Amen? So we use logic to back up an emotional decision that we have made. This greatest fear that we have, that if we go talk to anyone else about the Lord, they are going to make us begin to argue. You don't need argument. Hallelujah. You have been called to be a witness of Christ and not a lawyer of Christ. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I want to thank you for your word today. We haven't finished, Lord. We'll finish next week. But we want to thank you. We want to bless you. We want to lift up your name. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Lord, we desire to leave a lasting legacy. And we don't even need to demean anyone. We just have to leave what we believe. So we pray in Jesus' name. Help us to leave the life you've called us to. There may be somebody this morning who says, you know what, Pastor? You've, you've, you've explained something that I have been struggling with in my life. And to be honest... I've been saying I'm born again, but ah, now I'm beginning to say, am I really? And I want to really stand on what you just said right now. And I want, Pastor, I want you to pray with me. Lift up your hand. I'd like to pray with you. Just lift it up. Don't be ashamed. Anyone else? Okay, let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I just want to thank and bless you for these hands. And church, I just want you to follow me in this and just say, Heavenly Father.
you are my father. Today, I believe that Jesus came on earth. He died according to scriptures. He was buried according to scriptures. He rose again on the third day according to scriptures. Today is our life according to scriptures. I believe in my heart. I confess with my mouth that he is Lord. Reign and rule in my life, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Our prayer is that God has spoken to your heart. Be blessed in this week.